Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And that's coming up later after the news. Now though, on BBC Blackburn, it's our movie premiere feature. Starring David Bentley, this is The Invisible Man. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association, as always, with OleOle.com, the football community website. Coming up on this week's Arscast, we have got for you a blog chat with Amy Lawrence from The Observer. As well as that, we'll be talking to Arsblog former Teo, who has been in Ghana covering the African Cup of Nations for OleOle.com. He was there right to the death, and we'll be talking to him very briefly about the emergence of Alex Song during that tournament. The man in the bar is here. Ebue is here. Uh, what else is there? I don't know. Other stuff, possibly. I always say this every week, there's other stuff and there never is. So I don't know why I keep saying it. I don't know why you keep listening to it. As Homer says, it takes two to lie, one to lie, and one to listen. This is true. Does my voice seem deeper than usual today? It sounds deeper in my headphones. I don't know why that would be. Perhaps I'm going through a second puberty or something, which would not be good. Uh, no beer of the week this week, no wine of the week. I have a little Jemison's of the week, though, but no ice in it, so you can't hear it. There it is. That's me tapping it with my pencil. Mmm, it's, it's Bernie. I do like it. So now, what's happened since the last Arsecast? Well, good things have happened. Last weekend was a tremendous weekend for Arsenal, a great weekend of football for us, and not a great weekend in terms of football watching. Uh, I watched Manchester United get beaten at home by Manchester City on Sunday, and, and that was quite good. wasn't much of a game, though, but it was nothing compared to the shitfest that was Chelsea versus Liverpool, the late game on, on uh, Sunday afternoon. It was just the worst game of football. It really was. Terrible. These are two top, supposedly top four teams, full of world-class players, apparently. And it was shite, absolutely fucking muck, horrible to watch. A nil-nil draw is the way it turned out, which meant Chelsea dropped points. Liverpool, of course, being well out of the title race at this stage. So that meant that if Arsenal were to beat Blackburn Rovers on Monday night, we would go eight points clear of Chelsea and five points clear of Manchester United wasn't going to be easy, though, because we had a lot of players missing. We had Colo out, Ibue out, uh, Van Persie out, Rosicki out, Diaby, Theo Walcott was out. And all we heard in the press was that this was an understrength Blackburn side. They were missing Christopher Samba and some other guy. And and the press are talking about how, how difficult it was for Blackburn. 
Get the fuck. Seriously, anyway. Uh, nerves were settled early on in the game when uh, Philippe Senderos got his second goal of the season, and I do love goals like that from corners. Big thundering centre-half headers. They're fantastic. Friedel didn't even move. Friedel did have a very good game, though. Made some saves, and, and sort of looking back uh, on the game, it's easy to see that uh, he was... Uh, he was much busier than I thought he was during the game. During the game, I didn't think we were doing that much or creating that much. But when, when you look back on it, uh, he was busy enough, wasn't he? Uh, he couldn't do anything about Adi Bayor scoring his uh, seven billionth goal of the season late on. So that meant all three points were ours. And that nice gap that we were all hoping for at the top of the table uh, was opened up. Now, I didn't realize, when the, it was only when he said it afterwards, that there's only 12 games of the season left. It doesn't seem like an awful lot. It's not really an awful lot. There's plenty of time for things to go right or plenty of time for things to go wrong. So it would be wrong, I think, for people to start counting any chickens. We've been in this position before and we've seen how quickly a five-point lead can be overturned. It happened this season to us as well. So there's no point getting cocky and getting carried away and uh, I'm sure Arsene Wenger will be keeping the players' feet firmly on the ground. We don't want another situation. Could you imagine another situation like the end of the season in, was it the 3 4 That was horrible. That game up at Bolton, oh, still gives me nightmares. So we don't want anything like that to happen again. Uh, but, but it is a nice position to be in. I would much rather be five points clear of United than five points behind United. It does uh, give a, a bit of pressure on us, but it also puts pressure on them. You see, they have to they have to pick up points. They can't drop any more points because they know that if we keep winning, then that gap is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, all in all, you have to say, a very, very enjoyable weekend's football. Uh, with me now, then, to talk about our position at the top of the league, how we've been doing, coping with absences through injuries and African Cup of Nations, and, of course, looking ahead to the weekend game against Manchester United and next week's Champions League game against AC Milan is sometime observer writer Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Now, we're uh, five points clear at the top of the league uh, from Manchester United, eight points clear of Chelsea. Is this anything you could possibly have hoped for at the start of the season or that, that Arsenal fans could have expected? Well, I mean, even to have hoped, from, hoped of it uh, a few weeks ago after the Birmingham game, I think is quite a moot point because I think there were a lot of people that thought, uh, here we go, uh, here comes the slide, uh, Man United won't lose another game and the, the, the moment has passed. You know, I think there has been a feeling that this season has been a real crest of a wave all year long, partly because it was so unexpected. And I suppose the sceptics and the pessimists have been waiting for it to all go horribly wrong. So I think that Birmingham game made people feel quite depressed because it seemed like such a stupid two points to throw away and it seeded top spot. And to have regained it so quickly and so emphatically and gone from a point behind to five points ahead in such a short space of time... Um, has been a massive uh, confidence booster. But by the same token, shows you how quickly it can all change. So I think it's really important everybody stays um, uh, calm, focused, and all that kind of nonsense that managers always talk about. But you know that it can change around quickly again. So it's just got to be game by game. But with 12 games to go, and suddenly you know that, that end is in sight, and you've got to say, at this position, it's, it's only Arsenal to throw away. Which adds a completely new type of pressure onto it but the good thing is this team are so young and so hungry they seem not to really feel that pressure 
there is this hunger within the team um, that we've seen from players like Cleb, Fabregas, for example, that um, th- this will be a, a, their first big title with Arsenal. Um, well, for a lot of them, their first big title, period. Yeah. Is that is that a big factor in, in, for example, the improvement that we've seen from some of these players this season as opposed to last season? For sure. I mean, I think when you're at a big club and... Uh, let's face it, for the, the top four in England, every season, the, the expectation from their own supporters and to an extent, you know, the media and so on, is that can they win the league or not? And you're there to be shot at if you can't and you're not close. And these players have experienced how bad that feels when you don't meet up to expectations in the last couple of seasons. And they've had some pretty fierce stuff. Admittedly, they haven't had it from the fans, which is a good thing because... Everybody's been quite patient from that point of view and been prepared to let Arsene work his magic and, and, and build up this new team. But I don't think anybody expected it, even by Arsene's standards, to happen so quickly. I think probably most of the fans would have been prepared to give it another year or so before mm. it was real title contention time. Um, but the, I think the, the way that the individuals in the team has, has improved has been amazing, but it's also partly possibly to do with the fact that there are obviously very strong friendships in this team. And I think in modern football that's increasingly unusual because, you know, they, they do all have much more separate lives than they once did. It's not like the days of Frank McClintock or even, you know, fast-forwarding 10, 20 years to the, the sort of... Brady, O'Leary, Stapleton, Ricks generation, and even going forward to the Michael Thomas, Alan Smith, Steve Bold, Lee Dixon, etc. generation, where the guys in the team were real friends and they socialised together all the time, and they went out and they went around each other's houses and they made jokes all day long at the training ground. And there was a period, I think, relatively recently, because of all the money in the game um, and because of the sort of superstar, rock star factor, where they were, you know on a slightly different... They live a funny kind of life now. Um, they weren't so friendly. Um, people would come and do their work, go, you know, go to a job at the training ground, kick, you know, kick the football around and get physically fit and have some lunch and go home. But this team, partly because I think they're all quite young, quite a lot of them, I think, are, are still single, um, they don't go out on the town all the time because they're not those kind of guys. And I don't think Arsene would tolerate much of that but they really enjoy each other's company and you can see the way that they behave on the pitch uh, with each other and I, I have a feeling it's probably quite like that off the pitch when they're together um, and and I think when you're looking around at guys that you love as as friends you really want to give everything you've got and they're all giving it collectively and individually Cool. They all love each other. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, big love, isn't it? Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> have you been a bit surprised? Because we've had our injuries along the way, and we've had absences. Van Persie's been out for a long time. Colo has been out. Uh, we've had Rosicki in and out of the team, etc., etc. Uh, against Blackburn on Monday night, we had loads of players missing. Uh, we've seemed more able to cope with that sort of thing this year. Well, that's been a feature of all the title-winning teams under Wenger. I mean, if you think back to 98 double, Bergkamp, who was player of the year that year, um, got uh, cropped towards the end of the season and wasn't able to play in the run-in or in the cup final. And, you know, Anelka came in and nobody really felt the damage of that loss. Uh, when Robert Pires did his cruciate and, and Ray Parler and Freddie, there was a switching of sides, and were, were phenomenal, um, taking up 
that baton that Pierre should, I think was also player of the year that year. Mm. Um, so if you're going to win things, you're going to have to withstand injuries. Uh, so what's been probably surprising is that I think a lot of people looked at the squad, um, myself included, and thought that it wasn't strong enough to cope with with injuries. And particularly up front, where when you look at the fact that uh, Arsenal are top scorers at the moment in the Premier League, and obviously a lot of the credit to that has gone to, to Adebayor, who's shouldered a lot of that burden. But the goals have been spread around throughout the season. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see Sandros chip in the, the other day with one. And obviously Fabregas had his purple patch. Galas has scored some important goals. You can, you know, Hlev scored some goals. Rosicki chips in with a few. It's, it, it, it's like uh, a very interesting scenario because Adebayor seems to score a lot of goals, but he doesn't really have... A proper partner. I mean, the same way that when Henri was here, everybody said, "Well, it was, it was Henri, and, and the rest of them kind of worked around him." But it's only recently that Adebayor and Eduardo looked like they're forging a kind of proper uh, partnership together. But the first, you know, five six months of the season, it's been Adebayor with a bit of Van Persie, a bit of uh, Bentner, a bit of Walcott, a bit of Eduardo when he was settling in and you know was half invisible, really. So I think well played to everybody for, for managing to maintain very good run of goal scoring when there's really been one uh, reliable centre forward for the season so far. All right. Looking ahead then, uh, we've got two really uh, big games coming up. United always traditionally a very big game, uh, but it's the FA Cup and, and following that game is AC Milan at home in the Champions League. What sort of a team do you reckon that Arsene Wenger is going to pick for the game on Saturday? Ask yourself this. Uh, if you're a fan or a, or a player or anybody and you say, oh, there's two big games coming up, Man United and the FA Cup and AC Milan in the Champions League, well, that first game does suddenly pale into a bit of insignificance. Not insignificance, but, you know, the real mouth, your, your mouth starts to water when you think of the AC Milan Champions League game. Um, uh, you're never going to have a game against Man United that is without... Um, a little bit of heat given the history of the last 20 years between the two teams um, but where this will differ from say perhaps the the uh, cup games against Tottenham recently is that that was so obviously the be all and end all of Tottenham's season whereas for both Arsenal and Man United I think they're aware that the FA Cup game yes it'll be nice um, you want to win and you want to go through but no big deal if you don't because uh, it's much more important to you know to have everybody fresh and fit and on as, as good a form as possible for the Champions League, and that same thing goes for Man United as it does for Arsenal. Um, so I would expect both teams to be weakened. I mean, anyway, Arsenal prefers to treat the FA Cup with only a little bit more um, power than the Carling Cup. And let's face it, in the last few years, whatever sort of strength of team he's put out, it's tended to be enough against most teams. So um, I would expect him to, to try and rest uh, as many players as he can sort of realistically get away with, which is hard given the injury situation. But um, uh, And I think probably Ferguson will do similar, although he tends to play slightly stronger teams in the FA Cup. So... Um, I guess everybody will not put too much on it as long as it doesn't end up a draw, which will cheese off both teams. Indeed. And then AC Milan. Uh, are you looking forward to this one? Are you confident that this is a, a game or a, a two-legged tie that we can come through? 
massively looking forward to it. Um, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for AC Milan going back to the um, the great teams that won the European Cup with Van Basten and and uh, uh, Baresi and what a magnificent team. Um, I I just think the Milan team of now maybe there's some sort of echoes of uh, of when Arsenal played Real Madrid a couple of years ago, where a wonderful name, you know, a fantastic stadium, um, a, a real glamorous classic that you know you, you're looking forward to. But at the moment, it feels like Arsenal are a bit on the up and Milan are a bit on the slide. Although they've obviously still got some really um, fantastic young players to, uh, to call upon as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I would fancy Arsenal to go through actually. But I think the one thing, you, the two things to factor in is that. It's coming in the middle of a season where the team are going for the league as well, and it's it's hard to do both, as everybody knows. Right. And t- Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This team is so very young and there are so few experienced players that we don't know what kind of situation we're going to find over the two legs and there will be pressure, one imagines, at some stage of it and might some players get a bit overawed, get you know freeze a little bit? You don't know. It's because it's a bit of the unknown for quite a lot of of these guys. So um, uh, my instinct would be, I fancy Arsenal to go through, but it could be it could be close. But very exciting. I mean, in many ways, this is the the biggest um, European Cup game Arsenal have had since the final. Because in a way, last year was not that exciting because the group stage was the group stage, and then PSV was obviously one to forget. All right, Amy, we better leave it there. Thanks a million for talking to the Arscast again. We'll talk to you soon. We'll do all the best. Thank you very much to Amy, and she'll be back on another Arscast in the very near future, no doubt. Now, before we move on to other things, you know the Arscast is is interactive, right? You can leave messages, you can send emails and, and all that kind of stuff. But there are ways that you can actually contribute audio to the Arscast. Uh, one way is to dial up a number. It's a, a voicemail. It's a UK number. You can ring up any time and leave comments or suggestions or or call me names, whatever you like. Or there's a thing on the Ars Blog homepage. Uh, if you click on the podcasts uh, link at the top uh, on the uh, navigation bar at the top of the site, uh, you go through to the page which tells you all about the Arscast, and there's a little link there to a thing which lets you record through your computer. And we did have a few people who used it in the past. Those of you with long memories will remember Igor the Brute, 
Oh, I miss Igor a bit, but you can leave your message. Uh, we haven't had one for, I don't know, I can't remember the last time. I think Igor was probably the last one. But uh, one came in last night, um, and have a listen to this. Hello there. Nice to see you. To see you nice, Asperger. Just wanted to say, really appreciate your program. And uh, just want to say, keep up the good work. And I'd love to be on your program one day. Uh, maybe you could give me a, 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 an email or something like that. Because I'd love to come on your show. Because I think your show is fucking marvellous. Sure I do. And if you'd like to have me on your show, talking anything bollocks about Arsenal, why not give me an email and I'll come on and talk even more bollocks than you do. So there I was listening to that last night uh, as I was recording and thinking, that is the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. It's it's less convincing than Tom Cruise in Fire and Away. And as everybody knows, that's by far the worst Irish accent ever, ever to be recorded uh, on the silver screen. And then I was thinking, hang on a second, he's asking me to email him, but he doesn't leave an email address. He must be Irish after all. <sighs> Speaking of Irishmen... Here's one of the greatest. It is the man in the bar with another player history. Ah, hello, and verily tis the omen arseblog. Sit thee down here, my old chumley, and partake from a tankard of ale. For now, I shall inform thee of a story of a great player from the past. Do you like that? That's how we'd be introducing this old thing if it was in, in the medieval days and stuff. If they had medieval internet. Can you imagine? It'd be great to be old cumlylasses.com and www.booksomwenches.net. That's what it'd be all about, you see. Anyway, today I'm going to tell you about possibly the greatest Arsenal player of all time. Having survived the terrible threat that was the Millennium Bug, he joined Arsenal in the year 2000 for £6 million from the club they call Marseille or Marseille I think it might be his name of course was Robert Perez and he came in to replace that old fella Mark Overmars little short arse Dutch lad who, who scored a lot of goals on the wing and initially people thought this old French fella with his lovely hair and his, his rather dashing facial hair He's not going to cut it in the old premiership, you see, because it's it's too physical, and he doesn't like that. But those people, like the people that launched the career of Amy Winehouse, were terribly, terribly wrong, because he began to score goals here, there, and everywhere. In the old Champions League, he scored a great goal against Lazio, and he sparked off a tremendous habit of scoring against Tottenham Hotspur. Every time he played against them, he scored. Even when he didn't play, he still scored. That's how much he scored against Spurs. In the season 2001-2002, he was possibly the greatest player the world has ever seen. Do you remember that goal against Aston Villa? He took the long ball from Freddie. He lobbed it over the head of George Boateng. And then Peter Schmeichel, the big old red-nosed cunt himself, was standing more or less on his line, but Perez still chipped him. Oh, it was a marvellous goal. I swear to God, 
If I wasn't impotent, I'd have come all down my own leg. Sadly, that season was cut short for him by an old cruciate ligament injury. Doesn't seem fair that men so handsome and brilliant as Robert Perez get cruciate ligament injuries, while Robbie Savage has played more or less injury-free his old career. Where is the justice, I ask you? He went on to score loads of goals for Arsenal. Do you remember that one against Liverpool? Oh, Jesus, the winning goal in the FA Cup final. And let's not forget that this is a man that slapped Dennis Wise in the face. How could you not love him? Especially with that that hair and that, that facial hair. Oh, Jesus Christ, he was a man you could fall for if you were that way inclined. Or even if you weren't. Not that I'm saying anything, but... Anyway, his old Arsenal career finished on a bit of a low in the Champions League final in Paris. When Jens Lehmann got sent off, it was Robert Pires that was called ashore for the last time. I'm tearing up a bit here, even just thinking about it. Nowadays he's in Spain having a good old time eating paella and shuffling around the pitch for Villarreal. But you see... I miss Robert Perez. It's true. The man in the bar will return with another player history on next week's Arscast. Poor old fella. He really does miss Robert Perez, you know. 72 years of age he is. When I go down to the bar, he's there with his Arsenal shirt on. Perez, seven, on the back. And even though he's as bald as an egg, he sports an impeccable Robert Perez chin stripe. It's as white as white can be, but that's his little bit to remind him of his favorite Arsenal player of all time. He was nearly crying as well. Poor old guy. I had to let him buy me a pint then. It cheers him up, so I I can't refuse. I can't refuse. Now, if you've uh, been living under a rock, you won't know anything about the African Cup of Nations. Got that wrong, didn't I? You're supposed to say, unless you've been living under a rock. But if you have been living under a rock, welcome back. I'm sure it's far less damp and there are many less of those little armadillo things that live in dark, damp places under rocks and under bits of wood. But the point I was trying to make was about the African Cup of Nations, you see. And uh, we all knew about Colo and and Abue. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Abue. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Abue. Abue like word that begin with B. Top three abue word that begin with B. Number one. Bootylicious. Abue want to bang Beyonce. Number two. Brontosaurus. Abue do good impression of Brontosaurus. Oh. 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 Nobody no difference. Number three, a boy word that begin with B. Bulbiferous. A boy like bulb, but not screwing bulb. Only bayonet cap. You go now. Tune in next week for more At Home with a Boy. Oh, baby.
before they went over, but Alex Song, having been called up to the Cameroon squad for the first time and, and having never really convinced too many Arsenal fans he was the real deal, seems to have had a very good tournament. So to talk a little bit about him is uh, Teo Pelizzeri, who's been covering the African Cup of Nations for OleOle.com. Hello, Teo. Hello, can I just say hello from beautiful Ghana where Arsenal has won four games from four while I've been here and I think we only considered one goal. Maybe I should stay. Yes, I think you should. If you're, if you're what's doing it, then I think you should, whether you like it or not. Um, I want to talk to you uh, about Alex Song uh, because all the focus uh, before, the, uh, before the African Cup of Nations was obviously on Colo Toure and Emmanuel Ebue, established names, established stars. And Alex Song is a, is a man who hasn't really convinced too many Arsenal fans uh, of his worth uh, up to this point in time. This season, he's had some good performances in the Carling Cup, but even still... He was one of those names. He seems to have come of age in this tournament. Absolutely, he has. I would have to agree. And I was definitely one of those fans who thought he just didn't have the confidence or belief to, to cut it, as well as the on-field presence. He really did seem to shrink away from the contest and not really uh, put his body on the line. Well, it was uh, total opposite at this tournament. He was everywhere, fantastic in the air, good on the ground. Picked up an assist with a very nice cross at one stage, and it really was quite frustrating and ultimately I would say for, for Alex Song a tragedy that he was injured in training before the final and was substituted out after 15 minutes. I watched him very closely during the warm-up and I actually got a picture of him leaning down to his heavily bandaged right knee and uh, he really was feeling it. Uh, Otto Fister still had the guts to start him and it didn't pay off. He had to get substituted after 15 minutes and it just didn't work out. It was a sad end to what was otherwise a tournament where I would have to agree he did come of age. He was picked, uh, I believe, in the in the team of the tournament as well. Yeah, interesting selection. I uh, left him out of my team of the tournament purely based on the performances in the final. But I think he was deserving of a spot, really. He was subbed on at 3-0 down at halftime to Egypt in the opening group match, really on a hiding to nothing. And his performance there convinced uh, Coach Fister that uh, he was capable at this level. And after the semi-final win over Cameroon, where Song was man of the match, uh, Otto Fister said that he was a wonder and he couldn't believe the way his player had come on and obviously he was glowing with praise for all his players but uh, he did single out Alex Song as one player in particular who had grown in stature and really become a key part of his team OK, Teo, if you want to check out his uh, African Cup of Nations team of the season just click onto www.oleole.com you'll find all the banners, all the information on the homepage there um, Teo, thanks a million for talking to us and safe trip back home Pleasure, come on you Reds so there you go, Alex Song, superstar. Who'd have thunk it, eh? And if you want to hear a more in-depth talk with Teo about the uh, the African Cup of Nations and the final and his thoughts on the tournament as a whole, check out the podcast on oleole.com. That's me and the Mug Smasher. It's called The Week in Football. Alex Song, though. It'll be interesting to see if he has any kind of a role to play between now and the end of the season, having come back full of confidence, although slightly crippled. Just another one to add to the big pile of injured players that we have. Uh, Speaking of the run into the season, we've got Manchester United on Saturday, and of course, playing against Manchester United, you always want to win. It's in the FA Cup, and the FA Cup is a tournament that I love. Some of my favourite Arsenal memories have come in the FA Cup, but I have to say, this time around, it's something that I would be willing not to sacrifice, but if we lose to Manchester United on Saturday, provided it's nothing too traumatic or heartbreaking, then I don't think I'm going to be too despondent. I think the focus this season has to be on the league. Uh, Over the 38 games, if we can prove ourselves to be the best team 
then that's going to go a long way to make this team more competitive in the years to come and, and provide them with more confidence and more experience, obviously, uh, for more league titles and then possibly Champions League titles. Now, of course, uh, if we beat Manchester United, all well and good. That'll be fantastic. But I have to agree with Amy. I think it's going to be, uh, injuries permitting, a fairly weakened team against United because the focus will be on uh, the game against AC Milan, which is going to be a cracker as well. Uh, I think we do need to get something from the home leg. We need to go to Milan with a, with a lead and hopefully a clean sheet uh, if we want to go through there. But, you know, we're a young team. And they're sort of an old team. And I like the parallel that Amy drew between uh, the Real Madrid game and, and this game. Um, we're hungry for uh, for titles. AC Milan, though, because they're doing so poorly in the league, will probably have as much focus um, on the Champions League as anything else. So it is going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Uh, and I suppose that's what being at the top of football is all about, to play the best teams. They are the reigning champions. Um, and it would be a huge feather in our cap if we could beat them. So there you go. It's, it's all going to be very exciting, isn't it? This weekend and then next week and uh, so much football. And then the countdown to the title. I, I'm beginning to sweat here. So I am. So I think that's probably as good a time as any to call this Arscast quits. Um, have yourselves a very good weekend. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Remember, perspective is needed here. The FA Cup is third on our list of priorities. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, they'll still be fucking cunts. And we won't. Remember that. Talk to you all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's Arscast. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.